All right, welcome back to another episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. It is Wednesday, February 8th. It is great to be back with you. Six o'clock here in Miami locally. Uh, that only applies if you're listening live on Fox Sports 90, 940 Miami or the iHeartRadio app. If you're watching on marlins.com slash hotstove, appreciate that as well. Or if you're listening back on the podcast page, there are a plethora of ways to listen to the Marlins Hot Stove Show. We appreciate you doing so all off-season long. Two more shows for you. Tonight, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. will join me in just a couple of minutes. Had an opportunity to chat with Mel for 25 to 30 minutes. We could have chatted for two hours. We talked about the starting rotation, went through uh, what I would say are the five members right now, Sandy Alcantara, Johnny Cueto, Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers, in no particular order, although I would suspect Sandy will get the ball on opening day, but you never know. Uh, so chatted with Mel about the starting staff and the one that he has overseen now headed into five years with the organization. Uh, also talked about the rule changes. I thought it would be very interesting to chat with Mel about the rule changes here in 2023. I personally think the biggest impact uh, to the rule changes may fall on the pitchers, whether it's the pitch time or the larger bases, which may lead to more steals. And more steals might come because you cannot uh, pick off a dozen times in a row. You've got to uh, pick him off uh, within three tries, or if on the third try he's safe, he gets the base, or whatever the circumstance might be. Uh, the pitch timer, uh, the shifting, I think it all plays a major role in particular with starting pitchers, relievers, closers, what have you, but pitchers in general in Major League Baseball this year. Okay, we are three days away. If you are listening on Wednesday the 8th, uh, if you're listening on Thursday the 9th, Friday the 10th, please go to marlins.com slash fanfest. The Miami Marlins Fan Fest is back on Saturday. It is one of my favorite events of the year. It should be one of yours as well. I think uh, this is the first uh, big to-do since COVID. Um, there's going to be a large attendance. It's one of the best events of the year to come out, hang out with some of the players. Seriously, you get to hang out with them, walk around with them. They'll sign autographs. There's special member events. Uh, come listen. Uh, we do a radio show, West Plaza, 1 to 3 on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Marlins Fan Fest, this Saturday, February 11th, uh, 1 to 6 p.m. Get a complimentary ticket at marlins.com slash fanfest. Before I send it over to my interview with Mel Stottlemyre Jr., I wanted to shout out one more thing. This is not good radio, but if you're watching, baseball is the best and ALS. I do not know Sarah Langs personally, but I feel like we all know her because she has an unbelievable MLB personality. Her Twitter is incredible. Um, Sarah announced last year that she's in a fight with ALS. I hope you go to Roto World and support um, a sad cause, but a great cause. So Sarah Langs, uh, hearts with you, and we wish you nothing but the best in your battle with ALS, but uh, you've got the entire Major League Baseball community and its support behind you. Okay, let's turn it over now to my conversation with fifth-year Miami Marlins pitching coach Mel Stottlemyre Jr. Okay, joining us now is a member of the Marlins coaching staff, uh, and I suppose the most senior on the coaching staff now, headed into year five of the organization. It's Marlins pitching coach Mel Stoudemire Jr., who's back for another go-around with the Miami Marlins here in 2023, uh, leading the charge of what really is one of the most young um, experience and now Cy Young winning staffs in all of Major League Baseball. It's going to be very exciting here in 2023. Uh, Mel, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's probably a little too late to say Happy New Year, but I haven't had a chance to talk to you. So Happy New Year. How's everything going? It's going good, Kyle. Not sure the, the senior part sounds so good. But, but. Uh, hey, that's all right. It's the most senior member of the coaching staff, Mel. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously a lot of change going on and throughout the course of the winter. 
uh, and I'm looking forward to working with everybody there. Have some history uh, with some of those guys coming in, and uh, I look forward to some of the newness. What's some of the biggest challenges when you are one of the lone returnees to the coaching staff? A couple of other guys uh, flip out in the bullpen, um, Wellington as well. But what, what's some of the biggest challenge for you this offseason, getting accustomed to a new manager, conversations, et cetera? Well, you know, I've been there with Donnie for a while and uh, you settle in and you get comfortable and you know, you know, what his ways are, how he does things, how he reacts to situations, you know, his vision. And uh, so that that part is going to be new. Uh, but, you know, Skip's a baseball guy. And, and I can tell you, all of the guys that he he brought around him uh, are baseball guys. So that part never changes. Uh, you know, Skip's a younger manager. There's energy that comes with them, accountability. So, you know, it, it's it's we all have our jobs and we're all accountable in our areas. But it's kind of my job to find out the things that Skip likes, try to stay within those, you know, and still be yourself and add the little things that that I've always added to to programs, to organizations. And he's a smart enough guy. He knows that we've had, you know, success here from a pitching standpoint as we continue to get better. But uh, it's it's not going to be a problem. Look, we've all been in clubhouses. We've played together. We've coached together. It is baseball, and we all have the same vision, and that's to win. Who do you have some history with on the staff now, Mel? I should ask that. Brent Brown. I uh, okay. was with him over in, in Seattle. High energy. I'm sure you've already had a show with him, and uh, you're, you're smiling, but full, full of energy and bright, and he does not let the dust settle. You know, mm -hmm. this guy is, uh, is a worker and uh love love his style uh rod barajas who i was with uh, mm. over in in arizona when he was still at the tail end of his his playing days obviously jody reed right and what he brings to to this staff so uh i know benedict out in in the bullpen had some history with him you know over the years just from coaching against him when he was in san diego uh, john jay of course is yeah is, is jumping in into the coaching world and uh who am i forgetting who am I, i'm going to put it on you uh well you just people coming in who um oh my goodness anyway anyway I oh and uh probably most important is uh pipe ureta people oh so i worked with pipe out in uh in arizona for about 10 years and watched him uh, come up as a young coach, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a young coordinator, a young manager. I know what he brings to the clubhouse and to the table. So there's some comfort there. It's going to be exciting. Um, had a chance to speak with Skip. Um, John Day, Pipe had a chance to do a show with him. Uh, you, you can sense the energy in the youth and, you know, ex guys that are exuberant and ready to get this thing back to where it should be. Um, and I know you guys have been trying for a while, but super excited um, about 2023. Mel, I've got a lot of baseball to chat with you, but it looks like uh, you're in a room full of memorabilia. Where, where are you at and what's in there? What, <laughs> what a question. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually in Seattle in, in my mom and dad's house. As you know, my dad has passed 
three years ago. So I'm, I'm in his room, pretty special. Uh, not many people come in this room. Let me see if I can. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There's uh Mickey Mantles back there. Yogi Berra's back there. Uh, all the greats from his world series. You can kind of wow. look around and see really, uh, really special room from back things back from his playing days that are on the wall. Some things that are hidden. Wow. And, uh, and then of course, you know, all the, the world series that he won uh, as a coach with the Yankees, you know, all of that stuff's there. So it's, it's a pretty special room. Holy cow. There's a lot going on in there. That is, um, I, I want some of that. I'm, I'm envious. I, I am envious. It's, it's part of the reason, you know, it's one of the things that keeps driving me as a coach, uh, you know, to, to get to the big dance and to get that ring. And, uh, besides my players that, uh, you know, that pushes you and, uh, it's a special, uh, I could, my brother tasted it. You know, my dad obviously had a lot of taste of it. And so I'm, that's what I'm coaching for. I think you're going to have a chance, Mel, because you, uh, have a starting rotation. I always feel like we neglect the bullpen, but we'll talk about them. But obviously people want to hear about the starting rotation and it's anchored by Sandy. Um, you lose Pablo. I know how difficult that is just from a personal and relationship standpoint, but Johnny Cueto enters the mix. Some young guys with Trevor Rogers, Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera. Let's start with Sandy. And I want to talk about all of them a little bit. Unanimous Cy Young award winner. He's incredible. And there's no reason to believe he can't do it again. What, what can you tell me about Sandy that maybe folks don't know or just what that young man did last year? Well, he is, you know, he is nothing short of incredible. And I've had the privilege to have ringside seats, you know, along some of the best in the game that are still pitching. And I've watched how he's worked. I, I've watched, you know, we, we talked about his vision and I, I watched that, that process and everything that this guy stands for and stands behind, you know, it is is a poster child of, you know, everybody that comes up, you hope that they could gravitate and grab on to just a couple of those little things. So, look, it has not been easy and nothing is it, it's not he's going to be a marked man. Mm -hmm. you know, and I know he's going to he's going to take on and relish those challenges that are going to be ahead of him because he is now a household name and people are going to know what they're up against, you know, when, when they're, when they face him. So he's the thing that I know about Sandy, just like all the work that he's put in is he will embrace every challenge and he will work even harder. We have already talked about some of the things that he wants to get better at. Hmm. He's not going to settle. He is relentless. And so, you know, he has so many of those great characteristics and attributes that you only wish, you know, pitchers would get to a point uh, in their career and they could just have half of those. On top of that, he's smart. So he stays open. You know, he's cognizant of, of clubs game planning against him and what those changes are. And Man, I love everything about him. And I love that he's at the forefront of our staff and he can lead them. And he's, let, you know, lead by example. He's not a man of many words. But yep. when he does say something, you know, there's some substance to it and a reason. 
Uh, I love this guy. Obviously, you can tell. This is wildly unfair for me to ask, but I'll do it anyway, because when, when somebody is that good, there, there are times where he throws eight innings of one run ball and allows three hits. And he says, you know, I, didn't, I just didn't feel great tonight. Something might've felt a little off in the bullpen, but from your perch in the dugout, are there games or is it even in the bullpen where he just takes the edge off the whole thing? And you just know an hour before first pitch that this one's going to be special tonight. I've seen a few of those. And I'm yeah. I'm careful. I'm careful to come in and uh, express that too much, you know, and set that bar too high based on what I saw out in a bullpen, because sometimes they can trick you. You know, mm. I've seen electric bullpens and guys go out and falter, you know, and stumble. And I've seen ones where I'm going, oh boy, you know, it's going to yeah. be a night that he's going to truly going to have to fight his way through things nothing's sharp nothing's working and then something clicks in the game that's the beauty of baseball generally with sandy uh i can tell and there's mm. little things we've worked enough you know with each other and you get to know these players there's little things that signs that you can see uh and those nights man are special when his slider is turning and his change up is is going straight down like a split and he's getting his force seam to kind of stick up there to glove. And he's doing all of those things down in the bullpen. It's going to be a rough night on, on an opposition. But I have seen uh, the other sides of Sandy to where nothing is working. But the beauty of him is his, you know, he, he gets in the zone. He challenges like to compete part never goes away. And we talked about that a long time ago not having your stuff the other club doesn't give two you know what yep. and you have to compete and he brings that every day saw him walk away one time and tell me he says mel they got me mm. and i'll never forget that day but i i watched his next start against that club and he was absolutely brilliant but you know and that was against the dodgers this last year where they got him in la know, in LA. And he told me, they got me, Stott. And he goes, but <clears throat> it'll be my turn next time. And it was his turn. So those that that's how he's wired, man. He just yeah. wants to win. He wants to go nine. And he is a rare breed. What amazes me about Sandy is whenever he has a poor game, the first thing that we like to say on the broadcast side is somebody's going to have to ask him afterwards if he tipped his pitches. No, I know we get so used to him going seven, eight, and Six complete games like he did last season, but he's remarkable. Um, Mel, shifting gears a little bit, still on the starting staff. Uh, Johnny Cueto, 15 big league seasons. He's pretty darn good. He's done it all. He's pitched in every circumstance you can pitch in. Uh, again, not easy losing Pablo, but now Johnny Cueto enters the mix. And having a veteran like that is always great to have. What can you tell me about Johnny, some of your conversations, and uh, how much are you looking forward to working with him this year? Well, you know, if you look at Johnny's career, he is uh, he's been different, you know, and, and very charismatic uh, and pitch his butt off. He's mm. been on every stage and he's been a winner. He brings that to the staff. You know, I, I promise you this, you know, Sandy's smart enough and open enough 
to where he still tries to get better, he is going to learn a lot from Johnny Cueto. You know, this is a guy that can create things out in some of the stickiest moments in baseball and do it unconventional and just all of a sudden, you know, pull something out of his hat. Right. His, his preparation, his ability to see the game and see the field and make changes, you know, are all what he's represented and exemplified on that baseball field. And he is a winner. You know, he still has the drive and the push, even in, I believe he's 34, maybe, and has had a nice long career, but he's, you know, he's not done. And he's not done competing and, and wanting to win and, you know, try to bring a championship to, to Miami. So he brings so much to the young pitchers and how he works. And he's been through everything. You know, he can have conversations uh, with our guys. And it's been based on sheer experience. And like I said, he's done it at the highest level. So he brings he brings a lot. Pitched 168 innings last year. And, uh, you know, he's looking to get more, try to anchor down the, the front end of, of that rotation and to help our young guys. And, uh, you know, he's going to put the ball in play. You know, he's going to throw strikes. You know, he's not going to give in. You know, all those things that you want your young guys to, to see and learn, eventually he's going to be able to show them. And along the way, I, I, like I said, he's uh, – I guarantee Sandy will gravitate towards him and, and pick his brain on a lot of things, you know, without overhauling. Of course, we you know, we don't want to make too many changes with Sandy. Everybody should uh, take a few pointers from Johnny Cueto. 355 career appearances, 353 starts, a career 344 ERA, and 143 wins. By the way, don't forget, Mel, uh, how about 34? No, he turns 37 in nine days. Impressive what this guy's done over the course of his big league career. And, it, you know, he still continues to do it. It's I love his little shimmy shake. You know, when yeah. I was on other clubs. How much does had... that throw guys off, Mel? How much does that throw guys off? I know people think it's cute, but what, what is that doing when that's on the mound? It's timing. You know, you see guys want to step out of the box. They're unsure when he's going to, you know, release the ball. They're going to they're trying to gauge and, and time pitches. So you know, it's not easy. Guys get started with their deliveries and sometimes they can't stop them. You know, they, they can get too quick, you know, yeah. to, to get back up and change direction and like actually stop it and start it and restart it. It's not an easy thing to do. It's he's very athletic, you know, and, and, and he's a little bit of a bigger guy, but super athletic, like his feet work good does everything right. So I, you know, I, I would be willing to say the guy that he might most affect in a good way, the most might be Lizardo. You know, we we've Lizardo, we've referred to Cueto, you know, in, in talking to Zeus, trying to get him to a balance point and you see him try to speed guys up. I, I wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't add some of the things that Johnny does up top on the rubber to his game this year. You know, Interesting. let's hop into yeah. Jesus Lizardo because that came around at the end of last season after the injuries. And that young man was a lot of fun to watch in his final six to eight starts. Maybe it was down the whole stretch. Um, boy, if that comes around and he stays healthy again, this is 
just an unbelievable, what could be an unbelievable rotation. He got in the zone, Kyle. You know, he decided that his stuff was good enough and that he was going to try to make it better. And he got in the zone and challenged guys, cut down on his walks, got in good, good counts in and out of a bats much quicker, deeper in games. It all goes hand in hand. Something we've talked about and something that as a coach, you never really know when that part of the game and that they trust that they belong there. They get out of survival mode. They trust their stuff, all things we talk about. And so you never know at what point, you know, that that's going to stick and they're going to take off. And he took off. So, you know, I look forward to continue to watch that side of him. He's got great stuff, great work ethic. You know, things haven't always come easy to him either, like Sandy. But the beautiful thing now is guys like Lazardo and some of the younger guys coming behind him. They have two absolute wonderful people at the front end. Guys that have pitched at the highest level and made their marks in the game to show them the way. That's important. And there's some incredible prospects coming up to the system in addition to the pieces you currently have. And I, again, I know there's going to be guys fighting for jobs. Two other guys I wanted to quickly touch on, Mel. We'll start with Trevor Rogers. Um, there was a point last season when Trevor was emotional because it became overwhelming. The success wasn't there, and he just wants to be there for his team. We all saw that. Uh, that's no secret, and he acknowledged that, and he took a little time, and Trevor did uh, come around a little bit towards the end of the season. Very trying season for Trevor, but um, a young man you know that's going to do everything he can to get back to where he was in his all-star rookie season. Your thoughts on Trevor headed into this year? Well, you know, there's some things that that people don't know. Also, that contribute, you know, the physical things, the oh, the nags, the aches, the pains, the changes that go along with, you know, some of those those knocks that he took. And so he had some issues that he was fighting and Trevor's never wanted to make excuses. But look, he had a brilliant, you know, rookie season, came up and had quick success. You know, if you talk to him to this day. There's times that he probably didn't know how he did it. And so with those knocks that he took last year, you know, Trevor learned a lot, learned a lot about himself, learned a lot about the league. So I'm I'm convinced that some of those lessons and those knocks that he took, you know, he's going to turn the page and get better. And then we made some adjustments this spring to, to physically try to keep him, you know, healthy in a good spot. Uh and so we don't have to dive too deep into the mechanical part of the game because, you know, when all your thoughts are shifted towards there and it takes away, it really does take away from some of the things that you need to do in the game. So uh, he had some tough times. I, I know that he learned from it. He reflected on it this winter. And so we'll we'll see where some of those adjustments go. But, man, great stuff. Mm. And a little different guy, like he's kind of quiet on the outside, but there is an absolute fire that burns inside this kid. And I'm so ready to see those changes and watching him turn that corner, you know, and get back to a little bit of what the Trevor was before. And then guys evolve and they change along the way. So, and that happens with all of our pitchers. So I expect good things from Trevor. 
Outstanding. Marlins pitching coach Mel Stottlemyer Jr. joining us on this episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, rounding out the starting rotation again within reason. Guys are going to be fighting for jobs. You never know what's going to happen throughout the course of a season. A lot of teams, even the best teams, end up using 10 or 12 guys in the rotation in some capacity. Um, Mel, your thoughts on Edward Tabrera? Talked about him a lot last year. I don't think it's unfair to say he profiles stature. A lot of people associate that. Hey, it looks a lot like Sandy. Some of the stuff, right? The zip on the fastball, this and that. Your thoughts on Edward? Um, after a 2022 headed into 2023. Well, I saw some, I did see some of the signs in some of the games, you know, to where he was doing things that resembled uh, Sandy. And guys got incredible stuff. A little different fastball than Sandy, as far as like the movement profile. He doesn't have that, you know, sinker that's 97 to 100 that's boring in on guys. But, you know, his fastball is different. He has to use it different. His secondary stuff is incredible. Incredible mm. changeup, incredible slider, incredible curveball. You know, still lacks a little bit of the feel for the usage of his stuff. And that's where, you know, our catching department's going to come in. But he he is no different than Sandy uh, in a sense that he went through some of the same struggles, just trusting his stuff and getting in the zone but he has showed some signs that, you know, he's going to have a, a chance if he stays healthy and can string some things together and continues to get just a little bit better in each of his starts and in each of his seasons that he's going to have a chance to do some some great things like Sandy. And it takes time. But, uh, man, really, really special stuff. We need him to get his fastballs in the zone. I know. Sometimes people got frustrated with his sometimes inability to to throw strikes and get deeper in games. And that goes with, you know, young pitchers that have really special stuff. So it takes some time, but he's got a chance to be a good one. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm always I always love to come back to spring training. You know, when you have those you watch what you see and you you formulate your opinions and you express those to the players and you see how you know, they go home and, and reflect back on some of those things and how they come back and what it looks like in spring training. But he's healthy. You know, I know he's done a little more uh, in this offseason. He's always typically been a slow starter. He needs to get out of the gate good. You know, we need to have a good month and kind of uh, it, it's not a, as you know, a division that we could sit back and have a few blemishes and get lost. Yeah, it, it's go time. And, you know, this guy needs to step up. I am so excited to watch this starting staff this year. I think what's really cool, you got a couple of lefties, a few righties, Cueto, 15 years, little herky jerky, Sandy's a silent. There's a lot. It's something different every single night. Some starting rotations, everybody a little similar profile, um, but going to be very exciting here in 2023. Mel, switching gears a little bit, and I wrote a couple of things down here because I wanted to ask you, and I don't want to forget, maybe I'm making a much bigger deal of these than I should, but I am intrigued. And from your standpoint, the pitch timer this year, pickoffs, shifting, bigger bases. To me, the impact within reason, the biggest impact is going to start on the mound with the pitchers. Um, I guess we can go through these, but in general, your thoughts on these new rules and how much time will you or have you already devoted with some of the guys headed into camp that haven't done this or been through this before? Yeah, I think at this point, Kyle, it's mo most of the time is – spent in in talking about these changes and look the game continues to change guys that have been around 
uh, I guess, you know, such as myself, you referred to me as being the old, old timer on the staff, but, you know, I've seen a lot of changes in the game and I've watched how players have handled those changes and like anything guys getting a tizzy yeah. you know, and it's, it's new and some of them panic and look, we have to deal with those changes and whatever the game throws at us. So we've talked about it as a staff, you know, some of those changes are going to require some of our guys to do things a little bit different with the speed up. You know, I think some of that's probably good mm-hmm. for, for some of our guys, you know, the throwovers and uh, that, that parts, that's definitely, it's, it's different for me. It kind of makes me go back and, and look at how, you know, we, the message we need to to bring to our players and what we need to do to get those guys ready for that stuff. Cause, but you know, there, there's so much of a lot of those things that pitchers kind of over the last 10 years, they've even failed to, to put time into, you know, the, right. the, the running game part is just kind of going away. I mean, you look at Sandy, it's one of the things we've talked about. It's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of running, there's not a lot of bunning, but expect that to go up with some of this stuff, you know, uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to have to address it. You know, we'll, we'll find our ways and how we do it. We got to do it early in the spring. And I know players are already talking about it, but those are just some of the changes in the game that, you know, whether it's fans or baseball, they want to see, and and we're going to have to adjust, you know, to those things, but it'll be more difficult for some and, and for others, it won't be a problem. And I, I think with the multitude of rules too, you know, the pickoffs are interesting, right? You get two if you don't pick them off the third time. There's certain certain circumstances, but in all likelihood, the guy's going to get the base unless there's a home run or something, right? Um, but to me, the shifting is interesting because I, I, I don't think people will take into account how much different we could see the game this year in the way in which guys choose to attack hitters, right? It could is that that that's fair to say that I mean we could see a, a much different not look necessarily but guys can attack hitters much differently now that there's not a guy in shallow right field and three guys on the right side and uh an empty left side or right side of the infield there's definitely going to be more hits you know I <laughs> I look back when I was with Seattle there's a guy that comes to mind that you know over his 12-year career or wherever it was Kyle Seeger mm. you know you took the shift away what what he would have done from you know his on base and some of his other numbers that uh that go with with the hitters you know guys like you know Deadpool Schwarber yeah all the the hits that they're gonna they're gonna get and whether they clog the bases now you know is another thing but that's that's definitely gonna change you know a lot of our guys guys like Cueto you know, maybe Sandy might change and do some things a little bit different, you know, on some of the other Lizardo and, and those other guys, I, I would, I would say no, okay. you know, what, what comes with the veteran pitchers, they always take, take a look, you know, around their infield always and see where the double play combination is, you know, guys like Blyer, you know, that, are looking to put the ball on the ground and and look at their defense. So, you know, some of that, that stuff's going to change, but it's definitely going to add, you know, 
the on base is going to be higher and there's going to be more hits, you know, in the game. It's going to be very interesting uh, to, to watch the little gray areas, you know, and how, how far clubs go and what they can get away with. But uh, that's definitely from a strategic standpoint, you know, the, the defensive part of the game and the analytics and stuff, it's going to create some, some, some more challenges for them for sure. And I'll, 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 uh, I'll wrap up on this thought too. Uh, you know, Mel and chatting with you and um, others, a lot of folks, as much as this game is physical, it's also mental. And you can be sure whether it happens to the Marlins, somebody that you're playing or somewhere league wide, there will be a game in some capacity that will be determined by this pitch clock this year in some capacity, right? The, the pitcher's not going to release the ball in time. They're going to get called for ball or strike. Bases are going to be loaded. A run comes in. It's going to take a lot for these guys mentally, if that should that happen, to compose themselves. You might have to make a visit to the mound, but that to me is so intriguing mentally. As it, it, hard as this game is, but this has all got to stay in the back of your head, and if something happens, you've got to be able to kind of wash it away and get back on the horse. No doubt. You know, like like some of the other things that were, you know, mental challenges and that the newness of the game brings, we've got to do our job, you know, to prepare these guys. But, you know, I I've always said, and I remember my dad saying this for so many years, I wish I could climb inside some of these guys' heads to see what truly what their thoughts are, you know, and, and, and hoping that they don't get too far away from the, the job in hand, you know, the task, but shoot, we've watched the, you know, the play at home and in the changes, of the blocking of the plate and what's that brought, you know, to the game and guys leaving the bag at second, you know, with the replay, the home runs, we've, you know, all of it. And it's, it's, it is more things for us to, to make sure that we, you know, we keep our guys prepared, but it's also at the same thing, just like you talk about, it's more things for guys to, to think about. So I, from my standpoint, I try to keep things simple for them and keep them out of the think tank, but you can't help to know or think that it's going to add some things The the, the pitch clock, especially, yeah. you know, guys are going to have to get up there and they're going to have to make pitches. So it becomes important, you know, for our catchers that they're ahead of the game, you know, that they get our guy up, they know the pitch that they're going to want to throw, you know, and keeping guys in, in a rhythm and working quick is you know, defenders have, have always liked that. We've all liked that and support that. But another change in the game, you know, that we have to deal with. Mel, I could keep you for hours, but I am always so appreciative of your time. And I know we'll get a chance to chat down the road here. But uh, enjoy the final few days out there in Seattle, and we'll see you in Jupiter soon. All right, Kyle, man. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you. Okay, uh, thank you again to Marlins pitching coach headed into year five with the organization, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. Um, I should say the most senior authority on the staff. Not a senior, but the most senior authority on the Miami Marlins coaching staff, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. Uh, I'm so excited about this coaching staff this year, man. I really am. Uh, they're young, um, a ton of energy, but then you got Mel who's so just wise and seasoned and he does such an unbelievable job with his staff. Skipping his staff are ready to get after this thing in Miami, and everybody should be excited. The organization is in a good place. It's headed in the right direction. I know sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees, and you can give up hope when the team's winning 65 to 70 games a year. 
Uh, but I encourage everybody to give these guys a chance this year because I think Kim Meng and her team have done a really, really awesome job putting together a team that we will all be proud of here in 2023. Wanted to remind you of a couple of items here on the way out the door tonight. Miami Marlins single game tickets are on sale now. They have been for about a month now. I encourage you to go to marlins.com slash single game tickets. Again, going to be very, very exciting here in Miami in 2023. In addition, the World Baseball Classic is coming up fast and furious. Next month in March, it, uh, the home, Lone Depot Park, where I am right now, the home for uh, everything, uh, World Baseball Classic, all three rounds, including the finals this year. Tickets are on sale now. Inventory uh, is going quickly, and it may not last much longer. You can buy your tickets today at marlins.com WBC. So that's all the time we have for you on this episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight. One more show next week. My guest will be Marlins General Manager Kim Eng as we press on and towards spring training up in Jupiter. So for J.C. Marrero, who uh, has done an incredible job putting this stuff together, and my big-time thanks to J.C. for helping me put all this video, uh, the video component together um, this offseason. I'm Kyle Seeloff saying thank you for joining us for this episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. We'll be back with you next Wednesday, February 15th. Thank you for watching on marlins.com slash hot stove and listening live potentially on Fox Sports 940 Miami, the iHeartRadio app, or going back and listening to us on the Marlins podcast page. We'll catch you next Wednesday. <laughs>